It's Pride Month, and I have no idea how Disney pulled it off. God damn it, they did it. All right. I'm Kitty Man. With me, as always, is Mort and Thought. We're here today to talk about uh, Cruella, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Disney. We were talking shit last week. I was talking shit directly about that clip. I thought it was nonsense. I thought it was ridiculous. I was like, what were they thinking? These people are idiots. And then I watched the whole movie, and I'm like, fucking genius. You're, you're brilliant. I don't know how you did it. You made this ridiculous fucking out of out of context. That scene is still the dumbest thing ever. I think that's almost by design. To get people like, talking about it? <laughs> yeah, the scene is so over the top, so ridiculous, and so early on, that not only does it get you talking about it when it comes in the trailer, but it also gets you kind of off guard. Like, you kind of let your guard down just a little bit. Like, okay, we got the silly stuff out. Cool. I don't need to, so I don't, I don't of, need to have high hopes for the movie if it starts off like this, but then it just delivers. It just starts fucking like Well, that's the thing. There's a lot of stuff in here that's actually set up really well. Uh, they do a really good job of setting the stage for stuff that will come up in the third act, which is all I really ask for in a movie much. Uh You mean set up and payoff? Hang on. Wait. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> set up and payoff. I know. You want something that happens at the start of the film to like impact things that happen like throughout the film and then culminate at the oh my you're asking a lot you're asking quite a bit <laughs> you're asking quite a bit <laughs> but but beyond just like having set up because it was so silly to start off with like I wasn't even paying attention to stuff that was set up there was set up in that scene there was a lot set up in that a scene. lot was set up in the scene like, the whole movie kind of hinges on that scene working and you not paying too much attention to it like you, you know the necklace is going to come up again but you don't know the rest of the stuff that's going to be coming down the pipe on it and, and i think that that actually works really well i think uh, before we head into like real spoilers though uh spoilers. i guess uh at, would you I guess we we say out of ten, like what would you what would you rate this kind of movie? Like where where do where do you have this movie sit for you? Out of ten, yeah. I, I might even say as high as an eight. I might say as high as an eight. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I would say I don't know maybe between seven point five to eight. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying about eight, eight point five. Like it's it's just no lower than a seven for me. Not not possible. It's it's just it's not one of those things where I think it's because of the silly moments that I'm like, you, 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 there's clearly silly parts in there, but like there's so many things going for it and it has such cool style points that I'm like it's so it's so up there, and like right. I might even like it more than the original. <laughs> like I, I very much do. I'll go ahead and go on record there. Yeah, like they were... uh, 101 Dalmatians was not one of my favorite ones growing up. I remember it very vividly because I watched it a lot as a kid, but Same. I don't have like fond affection for it in a real tangible way. But this was good. This was really good. It was so good. Like, I'm uh, so shocked. I'm just shocked. It, 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 I think it could actually have held up as its own type of movie. Like, if you hadn't done the Cruella angle, I think you could have still told the basic gist of the story. 
But I think they actually did a good job of utilizing a property that nobody really has like a lot of affinity for, but doing it very much in a Marvel-esque way. This felt very much like other Marvel MCU movies we've seen out of Disney that, you know, references some stuff from the past, but kind of twists it around, spins it on its head a little bit. More using it as a jumping off point than trying to adhere strictly to the canon that we're used to. I think that's what the benefit uh, of, of what they did here was they took the characters and the premise and they were like, we're just going to take like who these characters are in a sense and then tell our own story with them. And I think that like, you're right. That is kind of very Marvel-esque, but you can tell that they kind of uh, slipped up when they try to do that sort of thing for uh, like Star Wars properties. Like they, they didn't say like, Hey, we're going to take these characters and then like tell our own story. They do that in, in their Disney plus shows, but their movies, they didn't do that. So here, I'm glad that they successfully took established characters and stuff and then told their own story to where it made sense. And it really had a satisfying, you know, story throughout. Like, it had a good... You, there were arcs. There were arcs yes. and twists and changes. And, yes. and, and aesthetically, yeah. it was just very pleasing. Set up and payoff. Aesthetically, it was amazing. The actual style of this movie is incredible. The CGI the was crap. Incredible. CGI was crap. <laughs> CGI was CGI terrible. dogs. Fuck that. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about costumes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm talking costumes and also like storefronts and stuff like that. Like as a, as a designer for mostly small businesses, I noticed things like that instantly. And some of the designs were just incredible. Not I mean, even getting into the fashion. They. Like, I mean, I was going to say they kind of have to if like – your character is a fashion designer in the fashion world. Like, if you drop the ball on the costumes, damn, like, it would be really, like, a knock right. against your film. Now, the, the woman who did the costuming on this movie is not a nobody. Like, she's a, a multiple Oscar nominee, uh, won the Oscar for Mad Max Fury Road. So, not unused to doing big, dramatic costumes. And I thought that's where you can really use the the Disney, you know, budget and you know suite of tools effectively. The 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 dresses throughout it are incredible. Like they just are. Um I, I don't know, I, just amazing to me. I, I really too like the way that they've repurposed the story into a more not necessarily modern setting, but just a different setting. The original novel comes from the fifties, the original movie from the sixties. So the, the punk rock fashion movement of 1970s Europe is not at all what the original you know, vision was. It couldn't be. It didn't exist then. But it works so well. I mean, and obviously there's some, some you know, connections here to Devil Wears Prada and 27 Dresses. Uh, right. I was going to say, like, I had, a, I had a big Devil, Devil's War, uh, Devil Wears Prada, like, oh, like for I was sure. like, oh, my God, like. Are you are you just channeling that on purpose? Because like it's working, like it works. Yes, no. Uh, Aline Broch McKenna, one of the the three writers who who worked on this together, wrote uh, the Devil Wears Prada, Twenty Seven Dresses, uh, Crazy Ex Girlfriend. You can see all of those, yeah. kind of playing uh, a factor, and it works fantastically. That that's it. Really was just great. I, I'm blown away by the style we got out of this movie. So let, let's let's hear some pros that you guys felt about this movie. Because like for me, pro one of the pros, and like I guess I don't know if it's weird coming from me, 
But one thing I definitely appreciated and really liked was the amount of natural hair in this fucking movie. Like it was, I, I, it actually stood out to me that like there wasn't like this need to change it. It's the seventies. Like you have a right. needle with a fro. You have how Baptiste with this giant fro is just and the, and you have amazing. you have uh, um J- Jasper like with a pick with a hair pick and you're just I'm yeah. just like yeah uh, Joe Fry like yeah there you go like that's 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 the kind of thing that I like like to see that is just as is and like they're they, it incorporates into the time period incorporates it into everything because one of the things that very early on. Uh, I I had seen when I was watching this movie, I was like, of course she knows Horace and Jasper, like since they were kids. Like, oh my god! Like I was like, this is contrived Disney bullshit. And then like as it went on, I was kind of like, this is Disney brilliance. Like fuck! Like how do they? Uh. Like I was so mad at first, and I was like, I was just ugh, dismiss it. Well, again, because if you're pulling straight from the original stuff, if all you have to pull from is the original 101 Dalmatians animated movie or the 101 Dalmatians Glenn Close live action movie, they're just dumbasses. I mean, they are bumbling. They are bad people. There's nothing redeemable about these henchmen type characters. I mean, they are henchmen archetype through and through. Right. So, so if you're pulling from that, you're like, well, I remember these guys and they were kind of assholes for a second. But we're introduced to them as children first, which I think does kind of help us ease into that idea of, okay, well, maybe these aren't the worst people. Um, yeah. At that point, you're starting to kind of understand, like, okay, maybe, maybe I hate Cruella here. Like, I said this is kind of a rough around the edges character, but I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing here the longer this goes on. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but that's how I felt in the first, like, 20, 25 minutes or so. It was just like this very quick realization of, you know what? I'm not hating this person. And I feel like I'm supposed to hate this person. All right. So thought pros. Uh, I don't know. I, uh, the, the costume, I just really like the costume work on it. I, I love that they put like they, I, I, I've, I've never read the book, so I don't know how much they go into it. Actually it's from the fifties. I doubt they, touch it at all but they don't actually no they don't but the I, I really like that they use the punk aesthetic how it's just kind of thrown in there kind of it, it's very like prominent in her fashion it's very like noticeable to me that and it, it also kind of just makes sense that she's kind of into this sort of thing she's like a very like counterculture kind of going against the grain. Yeah. And that's kind of, it's kind of a great, great thing. Whenever you, um, have this, this wealth of, of resources to tap into, if you're going to be having her be counterculture, you have these designs that are just out there. Uh, you can pull from things like <clears throat> modern day, like Banksy level, uh, um, theatrics. There's- Definitely a Banksy twist on Cruella in this movie. That, that clearly has to be some of the inspiration with some of the, the tagging that happens and the the pop-up art pieces. V- very much that vibe for me. Yeah, she she very much made it like, it wasn't just, oh, you know, look at this incredible dress, but also just putting on like this very like crazy show, like, oh, there's like a punk like 
walkway where everybody's all and there's like crazy like badges the, all over the there. Punk rock concert. Yeah. It was just incredible. Like, come on. There is one crazy. where she uh she comes out of like the dumpster and she just has that really long like trash dress. dress. Trash. Yeah. Trash. My <laughs> God. I I I thought like I I don't I don't know if I remember it correctly, but I thought like like they could have been like oh you know that that's like that was uh, the Baroness's like old dresses just kind of like following after her because she's now the new thing leading the way. Also, kind of just saying like yeah. kind of just saying like you know I can literally wear trash and it would be better what she comes out with. Yeah, I'm literally wearing trash, and it's better than what all of those things. All better than what things. you're doing. I I, I loved it. I, it. I I like this movie way more than I thought I would. I think at the start of the movie, I'm like, oh wow, this movie's two hours long. Right. <laughs> that was my first thought too. I was like, holy fuck, this is two hours long. Because you know, again, so let's let's make some comparisons. Because like again, we we want pros. Uh, before we get into the comparisons, fuck, I need to go uh, cons. But- are there cons? I, love, I have a few cons. I definitely have cons. I have, I have a few pros that we haven't fully touched on. Though. Then we'll hit, we'll hit that uh, as well. But like one of the cons is the CGI. Holy shit, the CG was the terrible. CGI is awful. awful. Did you guys notice the CG chair? I have a CG chair. There's a CG chair that I saw the first time and laughed my ass off. I didn't see that. So no, I didn't. Yep. Okay, near the end of the movie, I should have written down timestamps. Near the end of the movie, uh, Baroness gets fucking mad, and she throws the chair, and it hits the get, hits the hits the uh, worker. That is the cut from the cut from the Baroness, like to nothing, to nobody, to the maid. Again, it's that's a CG chair, and it okay. looks like it's a balloon, like. It's so fake. There's no weight to it. And I'm like, I get that you're not trying to hurt anybody. Like, you don't want to actually throw a chair at somebody. You could actually hurt them. Okay, sure. But you couldn't, like, maybe throw a chair that maybe, like, not at her. Maybe don't have it hit her. Do something else. But you did this weird, like, ah, the Baroness gets mad. And it's just, like, it turned into, like, this weightless fucking. I was like, oh, what the fuck? To be fair, I was too enthralled by that scene. Between her just pulling a Bobby Knight out of nowhere and then the just slow, like, <laughs> canon of, you're in the way. You're in the I way. Died. <laughs> I fucking died. I love the Baroness. I love the Baroness. And Emma Thompson, Emma I think, Thompson is a fantastic, kills it. fantastic actress anyway. She is just chewing up the scenery in the best way possible. It's, like, it's a way that, it's a way that uh, um, Glenn Close did. And it's I think exactly Glenn Close's character playing Cruella Deville, and you're it's, just kind of like, okay, so they got two people to play Cruella. They're like, yeah. Emma, you're gonna play the standard Cruella, and then other Emma. Fuck. Yeah, Emma, you play Cruella. Old and, Emma. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Someone just yells out Emma, and they both go like, "What?" I'm like, oh my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hang on. Hang on. But yeah, it's very much both of them playing Cruella, and I think that is one of the best choices they made throughout the movie. The, the thing that I was going to acknowledge that we hadn't mentioned is the acting itself. I thought the acting was incredible pretty much all the way around. Um, I thought both Emmas were great. I thought Joel Fry and Paul Walter Hauser as uh, Jasper and Horace was inspired. Um, 
Paul Walter Hauser is kind of getting big, but he's always going to be the juggalo kid from It's Always Sunny to me. Like, that's just who he is fundamentally as a person. I guess so, yes. He's the juggalo kid from It's Always Sunny. So, like, every time I see him, I'm like, that's the juggalo that's kid. Juggalo and he's got kid. a you know, pretty believable, like, cockney British accent. Like, he sounds like Dick Van Dyke, but, like, not in a bad way. Um, Oi! It, <laughs> it reminds me of, of Smee in, in Hook, a Bob Hoskins performance. That's what it reminds me of. Let me watch uh, the game! But Kirby Hell Baptiste, I thought was awesome, who I thought was just incredible and does not get enough credit ever. Ooh. Ever. Mark Strong. I don't think Mark Strong ever gets enough credit in anything he's in. I think he's amazing. Um, the, the kind of the, the quintessential bad guy who isn't maybe a bad guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, I had to look up who that was. I was like, which one was Mark you Strong? You know who Mark Strong is. I know who Mark Strong without knowing who Mark Strong is. Yes, yes. But yeah. I think he's one of I think he's one of the best actors out there that isn't a huge name because he really does just have this perfect like bad guy look. He has this he, scowl. But he can just turn it off and become like an Alfred Butler type instantly. He has and this you're scowl. Just like, Holy shit. Like I don't ever know if he's a bad guy or not. He's obviously always intended to be a bad guy. But then he's not. I feel uh, like, but, I feel but he, like was, he can um he can play stern dad and then like caring dad with the same fucking look. And I don't understand how he pulls that off. Like it does he doesn't change that that, that the, the the furrowed brow and it just works. Like he can be good or bad, and either way, uh, with one look, it's perfect. Right. It's a perfect look. Let, let, let me tell you another role he's played that kind of I think embodies that well. Sinestro from Green Lantern. Right. Because he has to be very trustworthy and good, but then morph into bad guy. Mark Strong is the perfect guy for that. Uh, he played Lord Blackwood and Sherlock Holmes, uh, the guy Richie, when he Frank, played Frank D'Amico in Kick-Ass. He's played a lot of bad guys, but he also plays a really good bad guy who's not actually the bad guy once you get to the third act and realize he's actually kind of good. If you go back and watch this movie, Cruella, knowing that there's going to be an about-face from him later on, you can see it. It's very plainly there throughout. Like, it's not obvious, obvious, but you see him reacting to both Estella and some other things happening in the world in a way that nobody else does. And, like, it's subtle, but in the background, he'll be, like, looking around going, like, the fuck? And you can just tell, like, he, he's not doing this for no reason. Like, this is meant to very it's clearly tell us that he's understanding. Yeah. As soon as he sees Estella and sees the black and white hair, he goes pale and then covers it up real quick. Yeah, and like, like you don't oh, think anything shit. of that at first, like just oh he knows who this is, but later on we find out oh shit he knows who this is. I, uh, it killed two two different sudden realization about faces pit of your stomach dropping out kind of deal in this movie, uh, just fantastic. Uh, the the other big uh, uh, pro is that it is a heist movie. That actually follows the that, fucking rules. That was the comparison that I was going to wait to make. Like, is that we talked about uh, Army of the Dead last week, which was an utter failure of a heist movie. And Terrible this movie, movie was like, we're not just going to have one heist. We're having two heists. Two heists. We're having a double heist. With flawlessly executed, and they execute the shit out of it, and they have the proper misdirection. They have the according to every rule I laid out last week. You fail. Every you have to improvise. One. Like you have God to. Damn. You have to. Like you know, everyone has their skill. The dogs are involved in the fucking heist. 
you somehow dog. have somewhat sentient dogs in a way that doesn't necessarily feel silly. Like, how the fuck are you supposed to pull that off? You made the dogs <laughs> part of the heist, and they have their own skill sets. Right, oh, right. They have a role in the they heist. Have they the have role an archetype the heist. they fit. Holy shit, like, I don't understand. I love Wink. <laughs> Wink? What a name! What a name for a one-eyed dog! Wink! Oh, and again, that's largely uh, uh, you know Paul Hauser doing the heavy lifting on that because he's the one who has to kind of build up this character who's occasionally CGI, right? And does a fucking amazing job. Like, I didn't, I didn't really, I, I didn't know this going in, but looking back on it now, it's very obvious that Horace and Jasper really do kind of help push the whole movie forward. Like, if if they're not as convincing as they are, it doesn't, right. Um, and they do a really good job, especially on them being kind of stereotypically or kind of counter stereotypical as the henchmen. When she calls him imbeciles at one point, Jasper's like, "The fuck, you can't talk to us like that." <laughs> like it yeah, isn't like, just we're, we're your, yeah, it's like we're your friends, not your like lackeys. just like idiots. Yeah, like he's. I I I cannot believe how well they did to develop fucking Jasper and Horace. Like, come on. I I mean, I like the fact that because again, like they have this uh um uh, have this setup where you know the original uh where where it's leading to. This I wanna skin dogs, this and that. So like you have that on the back of your mind, and they set that up the entire time to have you have that in the back of your mind. And like subvert the shit out of it the entire time, including all the jokes where it's like, mm, like I could just cut you open, you know, mm, and you're just kind of like, is this the turn? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. You're kind of waiting for it the whole time. Like you're waiting for it. Like when is she gonna start cutting up dogs? Like what's what's the plan? <laughs> I think I think the pacing of this movie uh, is is one that's really great that doesn't so it doesn't make the two hours or the way you guys watch movies the four and a half hours seem as long as it could be because <laughs> like it's it's if 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 every 10 minutes is 10 pages right and the thing's supposed to change it changes every 10 minutes like there's something new being added something new and a new twist new direction it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't stay like droning on the same thing it's it's like Hey, I'm going to school. School's going shit. Oh shit, my mom died. Oh shit, now we're kids doing high. And then oh shit, like it's just like boom, 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 constantly turning, constantly changing, shifting, and it's just like the pacing is just going at a nice it, clip. It does kind of the opposite of what uh, uh, I mean. They did last week where I mean that lingers on stuff way too long. And right. you know this movie just kind of hits it, sticks it, and moves on. Like okay, we're done with that. Yeah, we, we your point was made. The point was made we can move forward with the plot <laughs> like there's a plot here like it's it's so weird how how well the execution of this movie just you know it sticks the landing continues to push forward with uh, uh new ideas where it's like oh she's gonna work for this like uh uh company that sells the latest fashions and then, like, oh, the the subversion is like she's cleaning the floors, she's cleaning the toilets. Like, okay. And then, like, she acts out. Now she has a new job, and it's like, okay, swap again. Like, it's just like a brilliant pace. And of course, they add a character uh, in this movie. Uh, 
Artie, played by John McCrea. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, I feel like there could have been more there with Artie. Do you? Do you feel like there could have been? There could have been more so much more. I wonder if there's cut scenes there. Because, like, Artie is an <laughs> interesting character. I, I like the character. I really do. I would love to see more of the character. Here's my issue. We all know how this was hyped up. If I asked some random person on the street who's seen this movie, which one was the gay character, they're going to say Artie. How do you know that? Because they look like David Bowie? Because he dresses like Bowie, who was bisexual? Like, do we see the problem here? That's not an out openly gay character that's just a flamboyant character for all we know he's got a wife and kids like we we got a, a smidge like a, a brushing of oh i have anything any girl or boy could want like thanks thanks i feel included i, I yeah it was it was it was a very weird i mean again i, again, I love the character and i was like god there yes. could be so much more here because like are you sassy uh, yeah, I want, I want, like, I want a sequel where it's just them taking over the fashion industry, like trying to be the outsiders, and they have to fight against, you know, the, the industry insiders, not just the Baroness. Like, okay, you took out the, uh, uh, you challenged the Baroness, but the Baroness was on the way out anyway, darling. Like, it's kind of one right. of those things. Like, ooh, and then they have to figure out how to, you know, one up the competition, and they got to come up with design, this and that. I don't know why I want it, that. I don't know why I want that, but I, I want that. I was going to say, that's the, the damnedest thing about this whole movie, is that when it was over, I actually kind of wanted to see Moober. <laughs> like, I don't find myself feeling that way about movies often. I don't want to see, like, a direct sequel or anything. I just really liked what I saw. I liked the characters. I liked the style. I liked the direction we got. The cinematography was fine with me. The setting. Like, oh. This was good. It was just good. And I enjoyed it, and I wouldn't hate to see more. I, I call that the, the ringing endorsement that it is, I guess. I I can't wait for Fought to buy the vinyl of the soundtrack, because the soundtrack is fire. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I could buy it. I would have to look it up. I don't even know if there's a vinyl for it yet. I mean, but the, the music was just like... It, it's... Oh, yeah, the, the choice of music was great. It was of the era, and it fit the. It's one of those things where I I would want to call it, like. It was it was bordering the Suicide Squad too much intro, right? Where it's like super on the nose, like get it, <laughs> like we're. I, I could hear Dan Olsen's voice going through my head on half the songs, like <laughs> oh sympathy for the devil, like Look, okay, I get yeah. it, I get it. Yeah, like still though. These boots were made for walking. Yes, I get it. Yeah, very, very on the nose. But again, it cuts off like it doesn't even like linger on it. It doesn't yeah. play the whole song. It doesn't linger on it. Like she, she, in some she, cases, we only got two or three seconds. Like good, good. Okay, yeah, don't I, don't linger too long. Speaking of the music, there were two moments. Right, there are two moments in this movie. Okay, and I don't know how they got it to work, but they did it twice. And it's where they have a song playing and then it cuts out. Then something else happens and we see, we're seeing a flashback or something. It happens whenever uh, the first time you see uh, the Baroness use the whistle, like the music's playing in the background. You have the, uh, the music playing and then 
Baroness whistle, and then sound cuts out, and then it's flashback, flashback scene, dun dun dun, and then as we get back to reality of the party being crashed, the music then comes right back where like where it would be left off, and they did that twice, and like I, I don't think I've ever seen that very. I don't, at least I don't see that very often, where they have like a song. As a non, I guess it was a non-diegetic soundtrack song, do that, because usually right. that's like because that's in the in the moment, like you're you're leaving reality, therefore that music becomes muted, right? Because it's diegetic there in the scene, but this isn't in the scene, so it was kind of, it was kind of interesting that they continued the music and they did that twice in this movie. So, honestly, the direction, uh, Craig, uh, how would you say the last name, Gillespie? Gillespie. 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 I, Tanya, Million Dollar Arm. Well, clearly this person's worked for Disney before Million Dollar Arm. There you go. Right. Uh, Cruella 2 pre-production, by the way. So we are apparently getting a sequel. Nice. <laughs> I, I don't hate that. I don't hate the idea. If you're going to have uh, the same director and the same cast, like. Right. If it's the same group, yeah, I'm willing to see what else they come up with. Especially since we know that it wasn't like you, they didn't kill the Baroness. Like she went to jail. So there could be this like the Baroness is the real Cruella like archetype that you know and is going to come back. Because at the end of this movie, Cruella seemed really nice. She gave she gave uh, Anita and Roger uh, some some dogs. <laughs> And go in Perdita. Yeah. How nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, it kind of no, makes. I... Oh, well, I'm not, I'm not gonna... I don't oh. know if I should say it. No, go ahead, Fat. I wasn't. Because it's spoiler. Like, it's at the very end. Well, I mean, we're, 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 we're spoiler. We're, we're, the spoiler warning is in the title. Like, it, it is what it okay. is. There's, there's going to be some spoilers. I, I think it's a little weird that Corella gives. Uh, you know, the dogs, and the guy immediately just starts calling, like, Cruella, like, oh, Cruella DeVille, like, like, starting off that song. There's and... a reason, though, like, they have that small voiceover where it's like, Roger always blamed me for getting fired. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. So the fact that, like, yeah. the Baroness wanted Roger to do shit that was outside of the purview of his job, and then he gets right. fired over unable to doing that, like, of course, it's Cruella's fault, like... But clearly, it's more it's more tongue in cheek though, than like ah, Carol's kind of a bitch. Like no, it's more just kind of a oh, thanks for the puppy. But like, it's kind of funny that she has this image, and like that was the image that she cultivated. Uh, because if you remember partway through it, they they were like, was that real Dalmatian? Question mark. And uh, when she goes it to confront, a nice bait and switch, I thought it was especially when she confronts Artie. Like you didn't actually, and she's like, no. It's like, no, I didn't kill dogs, you weirdo. Yeah, th there's there's no way to fit this version of Cruella in with the other versions we've seen before. Yeah, it was like a new take on her. Uh, but I like this better. Uh, the, the original character was kind of wild. That's not, a, that's not a real character that exists in the world. Originally in the book, she's just obsessed with fur and marries a trapper and a furrier to force him to keep all of his furs at home so she can wear them all the time. 
Like, that's the whole thing about Cruella. The fashion designer, not particularly even rich, just marries a rich guy who works in fur because she's fur-obsessed. So, like, not a lot to go on with there. I actually think this is a really good adaptation of the character into a real-world setting. Like, what would a fur-obsessed crazy person be? Oh, a, a fucking Devil Wears Prada type. Like, there you go. It's, it's perfect. It works really well. Actually. I guess that makes sense whenever you then see the original, like, animation. You're like, okay, that's what they were basing it off of. Like, that's the direction you would go. Like, right. that's why she would have money and be able to help uh, Roger and Anita. Even though Anita and Carl are supposed to be, like, the same age, she looks like she's been on a 15-year fucking coke binge. Like, okay. Right. <laughs> And, like, you, you can envision a version of the original story that kind of plays out from there. Like, okay, Corella gave them these dogs as gifts. They have tons of puppies, way too much for these people to hang on to. She offers to take some of them back, and they get freaked out because they've heard the rumor about her skinning puppies. And now we have the entire original story played out in a realistic setting here as a sequel. Right. Um, the qu my, here's my question, though. Then, then Pongo is from the same litter, is what I'm hearing. So and that adds fun, a little, that adds a little fun, bit of a weird thing. So fun <laughs> stuff about Dalmatians is they're absolutely terrible dogs, and they are all really badly interbred, which is partially why they're all crazy. Uh, so that just scans for me. I don't have any problem with that. <laughs> if you know about dogs, like if you know it about checks dogs, out. It checks if you know anything out. about dogs, honest to God, I was really excited to actually see a Dalmatian represented on screen correctly. You know, vicious and snarling and trying to attack people. That was cool. You don't see that much. Like, you don't see dogs that look like mine being used as like angry dogs and have to CGI the tail up because they're constantly wagging. They're so happy. Like, Dalmatians suck. This is great. The only thing that could have been worse is a poodle. Like, those are the meanest dogs on the planet. Well, that, yeah, the, that, there, the, is, there is a question, though, because like, one of the great um, like subversions that they did in this movie was there at the climax where, again, they've spent a lot of time with this dog, and it kind of reinforces this like environment thing about dogs. Like, a vicious dog is maybe a vicious dog because you treat them like, you know, particular ways. The Baroness loved them mean, wanted them to be assholes. Like one, and then like they spent time with Horace, Jasper, and and Cruella, and they're much better. Like they're much better dogs at the end of it. Yeah. Like they go up to Cruella listen to her. and listen to her, and it's like, there you go. Like that's 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 a I think point positive for dog for dog people there in that sense that it shows that like, uh, blame the owner, not the dog, not the breed. Right. And it's set up. You see uh, uh, Gilgamesh, I think, is... Or, or no, it was Chengus. Uh, it was the name of the the one named Dalmatian. But you see him at one point when he's hanging out with Krell and she's sewing the the, um, the moth, you know, babies. Whatever, the, moth the, the moth yeah, dress was God. super fucking good. But, but Chengus sits there and kind of like sits by the fire and looks over at her. She's like all allowed. He rolls over and shows belly like... It's actually set up that they are warming up to her. That right. they weren't treated well by the Baroness. Like, god damn. You, you didn't have to go that far. But they didn't. It, it works. The, the thing I really liked about this movie more than anything else is everything that, like, everything that was happening throughout the movie, I'm sitting there, like, calling my shot as it's happening. Because it's, you know, obvious in a good way. 
you know where it's going because they've set things up and you can tell where the story's building to. I, I, I usually like that. I usually want to see my movies more or less play out the way I expect them to with like one or two about faces I wasn't expecting. And that's what we got here. Yeah, the twists, the twists were really nice that, that they uh, went out of their way to explain like, okay, she kills like she's Baroness has killed and killed before. These henchmen, even when she tries to be like, she's got to be a terrible boss, but they're like, this is business as usual. Like, yeah. This is just how shit gets done around here. Like, it, it, and you'll recall that, like, the one of the previous scenes to that was, uh, you know, Cruella and Jasper were sitting at a table and her saying, well, you know, maybe we'll have to resort to murder or something. Or Jasper says that it's like an offhand like, insult, basically. Like, we can't really do that. And she goes, we don't really know yet, do we? Like, kind of plays it off like a joke. I mean, it's it's a clear delineation there. You know, Cruella might joke about it, but she's not going to follow through with it. The Baroness is just going to fucking do it. Yeah, she's not, like... Not even know, a second thought. One of the things the Baroness said uh, earlier in the film was, like, I've done it before, essentially. Like, you know, like, I have taken out competition before. Like, the reason why she was on top of the fashion world... Is I believe she murdered her competition. Yeah, like Quite that, literally. That's literally how it's implied that she killed other people who are up and coming fashion designers, or she like forced them into a uh, uh, subservient, you know, a subservient place in her in her little fiefdom. Yeah, uh, Grello even says like, "Oh, you know, you killed your mother. You killed my mother." You got to oh, be more specific. Yeah, and she's like, "Well, you got to be more specific." I Kind of just tells you, okay, she's definitely comfortable with <laughs> yeah, with, with offing people, and it's kind of it's kind of it's big M Bison energy from uh, for me. It was a Tuesday. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I I felt several different other movies moments in this, and that's not a bad thing. Like I, I don't say that as an insult. Like having some of those emotional moments that kind of resonate similarly to other emotional moments in movies, I thought really well that's one that very much felt like i was watching that movie i don't know it was it was great it, I, honestly i i can't say enough like good things i can say i can say enough bad things though like again the cg was terrible like some of the choices i'm just like yeah sure i guess dude like but the movie itself is just so good that it like overshadows all that like it's 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 what I always try to tell people when I'm watching a movie. Like the bad elements are something that I can always notice, and but I will excuse in a good movie. You put in right. a good enough movie, I'll excuse that shit. I don't give a fuck if some of the CG looked really wonky. The chair, I can make jokes about it. I'll make jokes about it all day, but like the structure of the movie, it worked. The setting, like the costume design, oh my god, the soundtrack. This this movie just understood how to liven up the environment as is yeah and you really it, 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 the character building of cruella was just great really good it, they did everything at least kind of well nothing in that movie really stood out as being bad bad the cgi was rough at times you know the child actors weren't particularly great but like generally speaking 
it was pretty good all the way around. You can't really pick out any one section that was particularly terrible. There were just a few things that were really notably good. Again, the acting, design and setting, all that really worked well. It was a better heist movie than the zombie heist movie. <laughs> it was a really good heist movie. And as we're sitting there watching it, L will confirm in the chat, I'm sure. But like we, we stopped, obviously, several times throughout watching it. Uh, but but it, we're in the first act or so, and I'm like, this is going to be a fucking heist movie. Like, how is this working? How is this working better than the last fucking movie that was billed as a heist movie? Like, you you make Army of the Dead, and you're like, yeah, I'm making an, a zombie heist movie. That's the whole thing. Cool. Didn't didn't nail it. Didn't really, didn't really do it. Didn't really do it. Cruella, oh, we're just going to make a prequel for a villain, whatever. Perfect heist movie. Perfect and it's heist. like, what? And like, again... Uh, uh, like, like you talked about last week, things have to go wrong, and then you improvise. What went wrong? Yeah. She's wearing the necklace, like there, and and the 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 editing of it, the pacing of it, is just ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. Things going bad. The the rats are eating the wires. Oh my god! And then it's just like the, the open the safe, necklace gone. Cut back. She's wearing the necklace, and you're just like, oh fuck! Like what now? And then it's just like, there's wink. You know, trying to be, cause a distraction that doesn't work out either. Like I'm like, what the Wink fuck is, is the happening? unsung hero though? <laughs> he he stepped up the plate like three or four separate times to do something that nobody else in the group could have done. Like maybe the most important character in the whole thing is Wink. Wink he is MVP. Cruella. Wink yeah. is MVP. Good as a boys. Like I don't know. It, it just it just showed that they were all like. I thought, honestly, I thought the way that they uh, were setting it up, right? Because I know that I saw this joke on Twitter as well, where they were like, oh, we can justify uh, Cruella like killing Dalmatians because like she has another dog. And it's like, no, it's set up that she actually gives a shit about animals. Like there's not a, there isn't that, that moment there where that happens. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Look at how they figured out how to fucking get around that shit. They did it. Because, again, the movie is not called 101 Dalmatians. This movie no. is Cruella. This is a different fucking vehicle. It's a whole and different... it's a Cruella movie. It's a really Cruella is. movie. And, frankly, I think if it wasn't a Cruella movie, if it wasn't a 101 Dalmatians movie, I think it would probably be received even better. I think it actually holds up on its own as a standalone Disney movie. It's got all of the things you really want to see from that type of movie. It's one of the better live action Disney movies, period. You could have, you could, all you had to those. do was change the type of dog. <laughs> yeah. Like make those three dogs not Dalmatians. And you might have um, completely changed everything, like from the ground up. Right. Like, I don't know what you would it, call it. Fashion bitch? Like, I don't know, like... <laughs> Fashion bitch. Yes! Yes! That's the name of the episode. Fashion bitch. That sounds like the kind of shit that Jack Donnie would have come up with for 30 Rock. <laughs> what, what's, the, what's the next kit we need? Fashion bitch. Like, what? It's like... <laughs> You, you, you guys seen Devil Wears Prada, right? Yeah, she was a bit of a fashion bitch. Like, <laughs> I, I want you to take Cruella, but I want you to make her Devil Wears Prada. We'll call it fashion bitch. Perfect. Like, that could actually have been a 30 Rock bit. Verbatim. Verbatim. Uh, it, it's just, it, just, it just works. And like, that's the thing that's crazy, is that when I see some of the uh, Emma Stone, Emma Thompson interviews, like, the amount of respect that these two have for each other is just, like, 
insane. And I'm just yeah. like, yes, keep making movies together. Like they have great chemistry. They have great. Please, I need you guys to be making movies together. Shit, they can just remake Double Wears Prada shot for shot with them to win it, and I would be interested in watching it. Uh, right, you know. that would be an interesting, like you know, a bit of cinema. Uh, it, it's 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 great to see Emma Thompson still killing it. Like, ugh. In in those roles, she's really good. Uh, she did she did a similar role in uh, Men in Black International, and she was really good in that one too. Like, I don't know, just her as a as a woman in power works for me. I guess I don't know why. Can't imagine. Can't imagine why. Can't imagine why. I don't know. It, this is one of those movies that I like. I am going to push on people, and they're like, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'd, I'd watch it. I'm like, just watch it, dude. It's surprisingly watch good. It. You'll you'll be pleasantly. Um, you'll you'll put you won't even feel the two hours. Army of the Dead. I felt that length. I felt it. That's why I was so fucking upset when I was like, "Oh my god, is this two hours too?" Fuck, man. Can we have like a nice tight ninety minute movie again? Like, can you can you bring it in a little bit? Can you ratchet that back? And then I watch it. And I'm kind of like, can I get more? Can I get like a second two hour chunk now? God, again, pulling back from the Marvel experience, this was basically, and again, a really good superhero movie where we get quick introduction is basically like a pre-first act. So like that extra 30 minutes in there is kind of setting up her childhood story. We already know the big picture. We give a brief rundown of what this version looks like, and then we're right at getting into the actual story. And that's why I think it doesn't feel long. You get a 30-minute pre-movie, then you get a 90-minute movie, effectively. And it, it works out okay that way. Uh, I know we're all a little tired of origin stories, but, you know, in this case, it didn't work too terribly. I just think there's enough of a distance between 101 Dalmatians that it can work that way. I mean, when did the Glenn Close movie even fucking come out, though? 96? Like, it has been something like that? Like, it's been, it's been a minute since we've had this property really be touched on. So I don't, I don't mind 96. it, which, which is why it's a problem whenever they're trying to, like, jam-pack... Like that's why I like Maleficent because it's based off of uh, a property that's so fucking old. Like it didn't matter at the time. Like yeah, nobody has any strong affinity for Maleficent. Nobody's gonna be like, oh, well, you didn't stick to the canon. It's it's fine. Just it's, make it's, it a compelling story with her as the the main focal point. Cool. It, it, I mean, obviously these stories are obviously pulling from the the wicked concept of let's tell a story that people know. Well, let's tell it from a different perspective and maybe make people think that maybe there's more to the Which story. Which came first, Wicked or, or Maleficent? Wicked. How? What, what did I'm Wicked almost sure. Like, I'm I don't, almost I don't sure. really remember when originally published 2003. So, yeah. Maleficent was 2014. Yeah, the, yeah, the Wicked novel was only from like 95 or so. No, I think the novel was then. Originally published... Oh, it's a uh, ninety-five novel. Uh, music Wicked: The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West. So, two thousand three was Wicked, the musical, and twenty fourteen yeah. was Maleficent. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you pull, you have that formula, but like, you can get it, you can get it to work. Is the is is the entire point? Like, you can get that idea to work. Yeah, you just got. Like, that's why I don't like whenever uh, you see, like, what's the difference in in. Like Lion King and the Lion King, like what's the difference? 
damn near nothing other than realistic animals. One has Beyonce in it, kind of. Like, the realistic animals is a detriment. Like, you don't want realistic animals. This is weird looking. Well, and, and again, that movie is very much subtraction by subtraction. You start pulling songs out. You don't add the songs from the Broadway show. Incredibly popular, world famous, Tony Award winning Broadway show. What even the fuck? You have, it's basically the most perfect version of focus testing your stuff ever. It's been focus tested on Broadway. You're not going to get better responses. It's one fucking Tony's. Just put the musical on screen. We do it. I mean, you could do that. Like you could 100% just do a, like Cats 98 or the Hamilton 2015 thing. But like, if you want to adapt it, that's fine. But like, you're right. Don't remove stuff. Like, don't remove stuff. If you're going to tell a different story, tell a different story. Don't be weird about it. Beauty and the Beast. Like, she's an inventor. Like, I don't need her to be an inventor. I just need her to be curious about what the fuck is out there outside of this shitty town. Because that's relatable. Being an inventor was her dad's thing. Right. Like, I need her to be like, wow, this town kind of sucks and everyone's dumb around me. Like, I wonder what it's like outside of this place. And you're just kind of like, yeah. I feel that. I really have to, to be that. an inventor to want to leave your ancestral home. It's not a requirement. Like, I don't know. It's 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 weird how you can see like and there's and that's another Emma movie. There's Emma Watson. Uh, <laughs> all these Emmas. Disney just loves their Emmas. <laughs> I, I it's funny too because Emma is a very common name for trans women to take for some reason so like there, there's just a ton of emma's period emma, 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 emma. It, i don't know i think that they really really hit the nail hit the, hit the ball out of the park it hit the nail on the head you know just really fucking got it right here the way they got it right with maleficent like where there's problems but like overall it works so you take this little property and it works it didn't work with jungle book it didn't work with uh, the Lion King, it didn't work with uh, Beauty and the Beast for me. Like, all these movies. Aladdin, and, it didn't. And because, to quote this movie, what's the angle? Yeah, what's the angle? Like, it's almost a, a wink and a nod to other remakes that didn't work. Like, they didn't have angles on it. Like, it doesn't have to be anything huge. Like, the angle on this is, what if Cruella was a fashion icon in the 70s punk scene? Cool. All right. Fuck. It, that sounds silly on paper. It looks really great on film. So, like, let's fucking do it. Well, not just that. But what if she wasn't just like a, a rich, self-obsessed bitch? Right. Like, she's what if there was not. some substance there? Like, what if, what if she had a character? Like, it, oh. It's almost like it's a writing prompt or something. Like, they, they you know, get new writers at Disney. Like, hey, take a existing Disney story and make the villain compelling. Make them somehow the interesting focus of the movie. Make and them the, the good guy, in a sense. So. Pretty much, yeah. Like, can you can can you flip a character? Can you make us give a shit about Cruella Deville, because I did not a week ago. Could you make me? Could you make the good guy in a story be the bad guy, Maleficent? Like, that's kind of what that is. It's not just because it's not that Maleficent was bad. It was like her circumstances caused her to react, and depending on whose perspective you're asking about, like, 
oh, well, this one's terrible. It's kind of like, no, like you were terrible to her. And that's what caused that reaction. Like, it, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to see where like some people are just trying to be like, how do we reinvent the wheel when you don't need to? Like this didn't need, this didn't need like to change up a lot of stuff. It was just a good heist movie, a good, a good movie with, with dogs. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like this wasn't, this wasn't like, Oh my God, broke the mold. It followed good molds. Like it just took good archetypes and fucking put them in place. And, and not to get too corporate speak on you guys, but there is a touch point here for pretty much any demographic. You can find something here to like if if you're a a, a fashion focused person. There's plenty of that. If you're more into the action kind of things, there's great action scenes. Whatever. Uh, I mean, it, there's a lot to this movie. There's plenty for kids to like. There's plenty for adults to like. Obviously, that's a huge focus for Disney movies is making sure that everybody who comes can be you know a part of it. I think it does a good job of hitting all of those you know targets dead on. I think it did what it was supposed to do. It's definitely a movie that doesn't have a specific demographic. Right. It's not aimed at the 7 to 15. It's not aimed at the uh, 18 to 35 market. It's not aimed at the like 35 older market. Like It is just a movie that can it has general appeal, but like it can appeal to kids. It's got a bit of there. It's got a bit of for adult. Like it's just like so good at being just a general movie that doesn't have like doesn't have excessive violence. So it's not like oh adults. It is. It's not like got a car chase scene, but nothing crazy. It doesn't like play into like ah it's for children. (laughs) Ha ha! Look at the puppies. Like no, it's 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 just a genuinely good movie that everyone can totally be you know involved in. I really like making uh, Horace hooligan, like for like the the two percent of the population out there that's just like a, a curmudgeonly old like dad type. Like at least there's this one guy who's just watching football that man, I can I can I can get along with him. We're cool. I thought that was hilarious. Like that, that's a little twist that I thought was nice. I like that it's just the Dalmatians. The fact that the Dalmatians shut up to it is like, oh, I guess there is some good positive points about you. Like I was like. <laughs> Like, oh man! Uh, well, and, and you notice that the uh, I, I didn't catch the team because I'm not super uh, football focused. But Horace's team is obviously black and white colors. He's wearing black and white as part of his hooliganing. I thought that was funny too. You didn't have to do that, but why right. wouldn't you do that? Of course, you're gonna if you can like, do it. Playing with colors throughout and kind of giving the nods and stuff. Oh god, we haven't even talked about the the black and white party, which is I think actually my favorite scene in the movie. Um, when when they first do the heist, like kind of leading up to it, Cruella coming in in that white dress and then doing the whole uh, 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 Hunger Games thing with dropping the match, letting it burn the dress out. And again, you do get that reminiscence of uh, fucking Hunger Games, and you're just like, okay, straight out of it. And I'm like, cool, I don't care. That's mm-hmm. awesome. That's awesome. She looks amazing in that dress, both of them, really. But the transition of it's incredible. Like, I could just watch the dresses being swapped out for like an hour and be comfortable. It was great. Whoever is responsible for the witty dialogue between uh, the Baroness and Cruella, where it's like, if you have the talk about power, darling, you don't have it. And she's like, 
Yeah, that's why I'm talking about it because I don't have power. If I have to explain anything to you, like you know, this, <laughs> keep up. I don't have power. The, the I'm here to patty get you back power. and forth, like, and like. I, I think it's funny too because you see Mark Strong's character kind of pulling out the witty stuff afterwards. Like I think once he starts to catch on that Cruella might be this kid from way back when, here's he starts kind of throwing some smartassery in there too, <laughs> and then looks at Emma Thompson, shoots him when he opens his mouth. <laughs> oh my god, it's so funny! I like it. Like, must be holes. must be exhausting. <laughs> She's like, like, are you asking my opinion? <laughs> like oh my god do I pay you for your opinion are you asking for my opinion <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's, it's just good dumb. quippy dialogue <laughs> it's a good overarching plots the only thing I found that was like weird like the whole hey it's a devil car and I was just like it's pronounced devil mate and I'm just like oh my god like Okay, it, it, sure. At least that is kind of in character. He's a hooligan. He's a dummy. Whatever. <laughs> again, like, I thought they did a great job of modernizing these characters. You can't just take them straight as is from the cartoon network. Just, just, just idiot, idiot henchmen. We've seen that. It didn't work in the 96 version. Uh, but this did. This was really good. It was really good. Then Close worked in the 96 version, but you're right. The actual henchman part of it wasn't really like that doesn't make sense. Glenn Close is an executive producer of this one. Get the fuck out of here. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah, check, check the credits. She's I'm gonna executive check producer. The credits, because that's amazing. I like to think that she's effectively just the Cruella like liaison. Like, okay, <laughs> Glenn, what would Cruella do here? What would either of them do actually? Cruella, <laughs> Baroness, just just tell us what's happened. It's kind of, yeah, because yeah, you have to kind of have the, um, that attitude. I know Emma Thompson has it, but like, could you imagine that collab? Like, Glenn Close is just there talking to Emma Thompson behind the scenes, and they're just kind of like, well, I think it should be just a little more bitchy. And so I'm like, oh, okay, I can be a little sharper there. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Uh, it's just it's just amazing that they that they actually pulled that off. Because again, you want to modernize like again, the animation came out in 61. 96 the nineties were weird. All right. I'm just gonna throw it out there. The nineties were fucking weird. Agreed. Like, the Cold War ended, no one was fuck everyone was bored out of their fucking mind. When Americans like, don't have somebody to try and fight against to survive, we just do some weird shit. Like we should not be allowed to be running around on our own. Like the nineties was like gangster rap, grunge. And then, like, halfway through it, it's just, like, boy bands are back. We're back into the boy bands, I guess. Britney Spears, Mandy Moore as well. Like, the Macarena. The Macarena was a thing. Like, it's just, like, we, everyone was bored out of their mind. Like, again, I think about movies from that era, and I think of um, things like Reality Bites, where it's, like, that was the counterculture. was, I am bored, and my dad makes a lot of money, but I don't like him because he's kind of a meanie and it's like i don't want to work a corporate job i want to be an i want to be creative and it's like i i yeah sure i i guess but that's that sort of movie just absolutely like it's tiring it's tiring in modern day looking back where you're like oh i'm so sorry did they offer you a great a great job and like you could work monday through friday nine to five wow 
Wow. I how ter terrible for you that you would have to be self-sustaining at a job for only 40 hours a week. Like, I don't know. Uh, mm, like, I guess, dude. Yeah, work for 40 hours a week. I mean, sit in an office for 30 and then do something for two. And even then, yeah, you see a lot of them talking and like fucking about like, and it's like, wow, dude, that must be really rough for you. I feel I feel so bad for you. I, I'm, I'm totally relating to this character. It's like, hard I, keeping that chair nailed down on the floor. It'd float away without us. It's it's one of those things where, again, that's what made me so relating to Belle in Beauty and the Beast. She's just like, I'm in this small town. Like, everyone loves this fucking jock dude. Like, I have, I've been reading books about other places. I want to see what the fuck's out there. I want to get the hell out of here. And you're just kind of like, I'm with you. I'm with you there. But that sounds great. But I don't know. I... Uh, I I wish that like it, it's crazy that Disney pulled it off. I don't, cause I don't get it because they didn't they didn't because they've had such a terrible track record. These live action shits have been terrible. Aladdin was not Some, good. Somebody had an idea here. Somebody actually had an idea here, and they actually let them play it out, and it worked. I think that's that's the that's the thing that needs to stand out is that there clearly someone had there was a spark of genius happening. This was not a movie that was made by committee the same way a lot of Disney movies are obviously made by committee. Uh, and I think that's what really works for it. You, you can tell that there are some things in here that are decisions. They made choices. And like that, that's not a bad thing. Some movies just never make a choice. They just split the difference and never go anywhere. And this one doesn't. This one actually makes some choices that you know work. It works. There was a risk there. Because, again, it's not talked about as a heist movie, but this is a heist movie. It's a heist movie. And a good one. It, it feels like the closest thing we've gotten to something like uh, The Italian Job in a long time. And I'm, like, wondering, I'm wondering if uh, this is kind of like Disney's way of being like, sorry for kind of fucking up how Ant-Man was supposed to be. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> like, we know Ant-Man was supposed to be a fucking, you know, heist thing. Like we Just pretend this is Paul Red. <laughs> Same character. <laughs> You know what? I want to see Paul Rudd with the Cruella hair. Can we get that done somehow? Can we get Paul? To... I think I can make that work. <laughs> you know, honestly, God, though, if you told me like five years ago or however long ago it was that like, yeah, you're going to lose Ant-Man, but you're going to get Baby Driver out of it, which is a fun movie. You're going to get Cruella out of it, which you're actually going to like. You're going to like Cruella. You're going to like right? the the gritty, not necessarily gritty, the, 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 the dirtier reboot of Cruella DeVille. Like, oh, am I? You're gonna really like I'm it. gonna like this movie. Are you sure? Mm -hmm. Does it involve Dalmatians? Yes. And you're just kinda like, ugh, I get we saw again, I said it last week. We did it with we did it with Glenn Close already. What the fuck? And I saw this and I'm like, oh. Yeah. This oh. is the superior This is the better this is a better movie. This is a better movie. Yeah. This is a good movie. I wanna go as far as say it's a good movie. It's a movie that doesn't require you to have previous, like, attachments to anything. No. Like, if you don't remember anything from the original, you'll be fine. If you remember a little bit from the original, you'll be really fine. Like, I didn't remember who the fuck Roger was until the very end when he started singing the song, and it clicked for me. And I'm like, oh! Oh! Yeah, same. That dude! Roger's Roger. Like, that one I thought was just, like, I thought that was just a fun little Easter egg. 
I, yeah, because his name's Roger. It's boring. Like, I knew Anita Darling. Like, that one stands out. But, like, Roger, okay, cool. And I forgot his name was fucking Roger. Uh, but that, you know, that's just enough of a little hook there at the end there. Like, you know, I really wouldn't hate to see this continue. I wouldn't hate to see Kirby Howe Baptiste come back. I wouldn't hate to see some of these people again. And oh, I, I like this them flesh out Artie and flesh out the the design like aspect of it because like clearly I want a whole Artie series. Yeah, like can we get the I, mini? If if Army of the Dead is gonna give that fucking safe cracker a goddamn fucking his own property, can we get Artie a property, please? What the fuck is happening? You're not wrong. Like, see, now let's go back to last week, right? Where I was like, <laughs> why the fuck would you give that little shit his own... Oh, I don't know, because, like, he likes Sace and shit. Like, there's not enough <laughs> there. There's not enough there. But if you were to tell me, oh, Fashion Week with Artie. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I'm in. Like, I would like to see that. Like, I'm interested to see what this, like, David Bowie-inspired, like, thrift shop owner, like, is going to fucking do. Like, I'm in. Yeah, like especially with the backing of uh, uh, a fashion mogul like Cruella is becoming. Like, there you go. Let's see. Let's see the trials and tribulations of the fashion world. Let's go. Of the late seventies, early eighties, when that transition happened, like where fashion shifted. I don't know. There's just there's a lot to play with here, and I am excited to see where it goes. Yep. I still find but it I, weird that they did a Marvel mid credit scene. It's still really weird to me. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay. Again, they have figured out what the formula is. This this makes me more sure than anything else. Because, again, you can see the, the fingerprints of the Marvel formula on this. You see how they kind of pulled from an existing property, but didn't do it too directly. Gave their own spin on it, but give you enough things to reference. Do you feel like you're remembering things? And that's exciting. I mean, great casting, not necessarily, you know, huge casting, but some up-and-comers who are, you know, decent names. It, it has all the Marvel touches. It really does. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. I, I think there's room for movies like this. I would still very much like to see more indie stuff coming out. But if we could get the more, you know, traditional, you know, big-budget stuff to be a little bit more risky, I wouldn't hate that either. Uh, any other thoughts on the movie? Like it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what this is really say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, I, th I think safe to say that we all really like the movie. Can't wait to see more. I just don't know how the fuck they pulled it off. I'm telling you, some people just can do it if they're given the opportunity. You let you let Emma Stone go out there and just chew up some scenery. Good, perfect, perfect. Emma Thompson can be there. Let her just be controlling and strong. I'm in. You know, like it's it's it just works. Now, if we could just digitally insert Tig Notaro, I would be thrilled. Can, yeah, can we can we can we put Tig in there somehow? I think we can make it work. Just a ripper from Army of the Dead. The same character in <laughs> Fifth Gorilla. We need a helicopter guy. We need a helicopter pilot. Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, they Do could change know? it. I'm in. At the end, we should cross off the cliff. We got to skin some helicopters. Helicopters will pick some. There you go. Estella that's gets that's picked up by a helicopter that's doing like a side maneuver and it like, just falls. Oh, man. 
Yeah, and then just that scene. You're like, you're lucky I have a conscience. There you go. I, I, I we didn't mention it before <laughs> either, but I actually loved the the fucking squirrel shoot parachute scene. Like hell yeah, it's so dumb, but because it's perfectly Heist. in line with this movie, like. She's an expert seamstress. She has access to all these materials. Fuck it. That doesn't that doesn't fuck me up. That doesn't mess with my my ability to to buy into this movie any. Uh, fine, that's fine with me. I it was also, absolutely. It I, also I plays laughed. into the heist thing. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's perfect. It's dumb and it's perfect. It plays into the heist planning and like where you wanted it to go and like what was what was your what were you planning for in the future. Like, the inheritance thing, I was like, oh, you fucking did it. Because that's an important part of the heist movie, is that, you know, there always has to be some point where the heist looks like it has failed. There has to be. And that's when you realize that you, as the audience, weren't privy to the whole plan. That That is a key, fundamental part of the heist movie. If you don't believe me, go watch the Community Heist episode, because they literally talk about that. You have to think, at the towards the end of the whole heist scenario that it's failed, that, that we've lost and it's not working, there's no way around it and then somehow we pull it out of our asses anyway. Right, and, and it, ha- it happens every time, it happens on Ocean's Eleven it happens every time where they're like ah, I think that I've won and it's like it's like, no, I may, I let you think you've won right? but really, I win George Clooney wins <laughs> <laughs> the pretty boy wins again. It's been far too long since we haven't had <laughs> straight white men winning <laughs> in a film. We did it. <laughs> no, but it, it really was a um, like a brilliant move to to have it because again, it starts off. The movie starts off with like, oh, that's the reason why I'm dead. Like, and I was just like. Hmm, that's an interesting way to start off this movie. With a, yeah, okay. Like, the, the necklace is why you're dead. Like, that's not something that I'm used to as a starting point. Like, it's kind of a Romeo and Juliet, like, these two kids are dead because they're stupid. Let's hear the reason why. <laughs> that's the, how the play starts. But yeah, overall, I'm... I'm Thoroughly pleased after last week's debacle of Army of the Dead. Yeah, this was definitely an improvement over last week's example. Yeah, I was. Uh, I yeah, I, I like this movie just way better than Army of the Dead. I, I wanted to like Army of the Dead more, but they they give you all the behind the scenes shit. They give you everything. You're just kind of like, oh, you wanted it like this. Like that's so that's so gross. <laughs> that's uh, how you- I feel about Zack Snyder. Like I want him to do good. He just doesn't. This doesn't, but like I he want him to do good. I don't hate him as a person. He seems perfectly fine as a person. I just he seems like a nice guy. Every actor seems to be like, dude's cool and chill. You can sit there and talk with him about whatever. Talk about movies with him. He likes it. Right. Like it's the reason right. why I feel like uh, directors like Quentin Tarantino also like, despite the fact that his movies are way better. Like Quentin Tarantino has a reputation of being an asshole, but he's an asshole to like the press and paparazzi. But like, never have I heard actors being like, Tarantino's a dick. Like, no, they're kind of like, no, 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 he's cool, he's chill shit. The actors love him. Like, it's so weird. And I see this movie and I'm like, 
oh man like i need i need more like whatever this collaboration was like i need more of it like however 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 many hands in the pot for disney execs keep it that amount like don't don't start being like they were success we need to start adding more things this time she'll actually skin the dogs and it's like no no just keep giving people who have actual interesting ideas the freedom to make those properties like I, I think you're right. I think they may have really realized how they kind of fucked up with Ant-Man here, because it does feel very much like they're going back and fixing that kind of thing. Like, we had a director who's very stylistic and wanted to do his own thing, and we said no, and then nobody gave a shit about the movie. Like, it, it was fine. Nobody cared too much, though. Is so there reason, let's, it's, let's not... It's the reason why the news that's coming out of uh, Doctor Strange 2 and the Multitude of Madness, or the Multiverse of Madness, whatever the fuck, like right. the director left and it's probably over creative differences. And also he wanted to make another movie. So like he got pushed a little bit and was like, I'm just going to go make the movie I wanted to make with my friend. Like, and so I'm kind of like, everyone's always like, Oh, well you don't, you don't listen. You got to listen to the house of mouse. I'm kind of like, yeah, but I feel like he had other things he wanted to do. Like he literally barely got shoved like in a direction, but like everyone knows going in now since Edgar Wright no going in now like that there is a plan and you you're you're here to be more or less a director for hire to be carrying out that plan like you're there to run the day to day like and then like you you insert a little bit of extra in there to you know show that you know what the fuck you're doing so the Russo brothers got all those big movies like they had the Winter Soldier, and then after that, it was kind of like, "Here's this movie, and here's this movie. And here you go. Here's money. And you gotta, you gotta prove yourself there." But I don't know. Uh, I'm excited for more of this film. I want more. If I you really tell me there's to. a mini series, I'm in. Like, I don't even care, like what it is you're gonna do. Like I like I liked the idea that Anita was a tabloid journalist. Like it works. It works. Yeah, know. Roger was a lawyer. Roger was explains a lawyer. Why, explains why he had all those books. <laughs> yes. Yes, that that does explain it. He's also an out of work lawyer, which explains the money problems. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, that that is consistent with the original, where he writes a jingle about Cruella that becomes huge and makes him all that money. Like that's that's part of the original thing. So I, I think what could be funny that probably won't happen, but could be, is that they kind of play off that again. But instead of being the song, he wrote a movie, you know, an animated movie. About Cruella Deville trying to steal dogs, and like that could be the end universe explanation for why we have an animated movie about an evil person. And here's, ja- you, like, and here's Jasper and Horace. Yeah, like, and then you could have it to be where like Artie's Artie could be mad about like what the fuck I wasn't in the movie. Yeah, where am I? <laughs> where am what I the movie? shit? And they and like, Jasper <laughs> and Horace can actually be like, we're we're gonna sue you. Like, we're not this look we're terrible. not that stupid like, like you're a wolf. We could <laughs> there you go that's what thriller 2 is going to be it's a legal thriller <laughs> you can't drama. handle the truth should have been what what civil war should have been 
a legal thriller that the Civil War yeah. should have been? Oh no, dude. Still demanding my legal drama between She Hulk and Daredevil. Like, See, I, I don't that, care if it's a different. movie, a show. I want that. I want that so bad. Oh, I mean, that, I'll that play She Hulk. I'll do that, it. That might be She Hulk. I, I would like it. Should be. I, I think it should be. I think it would be a good way to in- reintroduce Matt Murdock. Yeah. Like, have She-Hulk reintroduce Matt Murdock and kind of bring John Bernthal into the fold again. Like, that's, Those like we need Punisher back. Like, we need Punisher back in there, please. Those we shows were fucking, too good. We need Kingpin back. Like, Vincent D'Onofrio is incredible. You don't want to waste that talent. You've got him. He's still alive in the, in the canon. Let's go. He's still alive in the canon. He's still alive as a person. Uh, still like, wants to do it. Still wants to do it. Still passionate. Like, and he just killed that performance. Like, you can't. Oh, like, I don't know. God. And that's what we need. We need uh, Horace and Jasper to kill someone with a car door. Uh, <laughs> and there we go. There, Corolla two, the grittier version. <laughs> just starts as long, up. as long as Horace has the the face paint, it'll be fine with me. Oi. <laughs> You watched the match last night. Boy. It's a little footy on the telly. A little footy. Did you catch that I'm, ludicrous display last night? I think I think it's uh, strange uh, just to go back to the movie. They just had a metal detector to check the poop. And I'm like, okay, sure, dude. <laughs> like, this is the point. This isn't, this isn't modern day where everyone's picking up dog shit. Dog shits, and you're just like, eh, all right, moving on. <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess, I guess that's right. They wouldn't have like baggies with them to just be like, pick it up and know there's metal. Because you could tell. I think you could tell if a necklace. You would notice would shit if out. a dog shit out a, a diamond as big as an eyeball. Or not <laughs> diamond, but but ruby or whatever. Whatever the 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 gem was. Unobtainium. I like I like how uh, Mark Strong's character was like. It's been thoroughly bleached. <laughs> Mark Strong, I'm telling you, is one of my oh, favorite I mean, actors. Didn't he find he it in the, in the poop in yeah. the middle of a burning fire? In the middle of the burning fire. That's what Corella sees as she's passing out. Is him bending over and picking shit up off the floor to, to be like, huh? And then he rescues her and the dog. <laughs> I'm telling you, like I don't know how he did it, but the, but like again, that that's one of those things where in a bad movie I would be like, what the fuck? How did he rescue her? Like in this movie, I'm just like, he did it. Fuck it, moving on. Like he it happened. He got the he got her, got the necklace, got the dogs. We're out, moving on. Because the rescuing her is not the important part. Like it's the reveal yeah. afterwards. Yeah, and it's like this is how you keep a plot moving forward without fucking. Right. Spending too much time on it. And again, know. set up though, you, you see him act in a way that's fully in accordance with that being how things are going to go. It's not something that comes out of left field and really does make sense. And because Mark Strong gets hired as just the Jerry bad face so much, but you really don't know whether he's going to be the actual bad guy or the, you know, false flag bad guy. Uh, Red herring? I'm telling you, I'm just a big fan of his. Yeah, I, I I actually thought that he was going to be like a oh this is probably gonna be a guy who's gonna like go after her because he, like, he's played really good bad guys in the past so it's totally believable. And uh, he, it was like, he's oh, a similar no, this... role in, in Kingsman 
that series. Right. It was like this guy is more of a father figure to her than anybody else has ever been in her life. Uh, I mean, actually, no. 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 Sara as a baby, Sara again at age like 10, and then Caesar again at age 20. Like, I don't know if that's really a father figure so much, but I see her three times in her life. I mean, save okay, her life. Okay, but, but who else is going to be that role? Fucking Jasper? Like, for all the characters we've seen, absolutely, Mark Strong is the father figure for for. Can we just say that he's the dad? He can, he can then, he can take over that role, I would assume, Cordell 2, since, you know, he's, like, there now? Like, at the right. house? At Hell Hall? Right, he's the butler for the he's team. He's the butler for like, the team. Like, he's the Alfred. He's Alfred. Like, I'm so excited. I love him. Like it's I don't know there's there's a there's a lot there to like where I'm just like I could see where we have like Mark Strong's character we have Artie we have the dogs like we have we have uh, Anita and Roger set up like we, we there's there's something there's something to be said about what's coming forward you've got the team and I want a I want you know Fashion Week. I want Artie Fashion Week. Can we go? Just want more of the same. More fashion, more heist. I mean, if because like I said, if it is going to be uh, now, like she was like the Baroness was on the outs. Like, like what do you got now? Well, here, here's a quote that I've seen. I'm trying to find it again. It's how I let it fall apart on me. But one of the things that they had said about the inspiration for this sequel is going to be Godfather Two, where it's kind of a prequel and a sequel and i'm like if you'd have told me a week ago that they're going to make a cruella develop movie based off the godfather as a concept i'd hate it right now i'm like fuck yeah okay, okay. let's see what that okay. looks like i don't know what that means but i want to know what that means i want to see it with my eyeballs like yeah i don't know what that means really like other than if you told me you were going to make a cruella movie that's based on the italian job i would have been like you're fucking dumb so yeah let's see it Let's go. So yeah, you want to hit Godfather two up? That's fine. Sure. It's still not Godfather three. If you were to say like, oh, we want to follow those, the footsteps of Godfather three, I'd be like, maybe don't do that. That wasn't the good one. Like there were three of those movies, and one of them was bad, and it was three. <laughs> so let's see. A little too close to the bad one. A little too. <laughs> cl- yeah, you. If you were to just say like, oh, we want to do the Godfather stuff. Oh, okay. Godfather 2? You're specifically referencing 2. I see. Huh? Like, you're you're pulling that one out directly. Okay. Alright. We'll see where it goes. Like, I'm excited. I'm excited for more. Me too. I really am. I'm in. I, I want to watch more. Uh, Honestly, think- God, I don't, I don't feel like I made a bad purchase. I actually spent the 30 bucks to unlock this on Disney+, Plus, and I don't feel like I lost money on the deal. I've watched it a couple of times now. The, uh, the, Fox got the, to watch it. The problem is, I, the I, 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 I tried to give you money for it too. He did. The, the problem, the problem is the gamble for me in that that model, right? Because like, if I go and pay, you know, twelve fifty for a ticket, and like I don't like it, I still get, you know, I'm still gonna eat. I'm still gonna eat. Like usually, if I'm going to a theater, I'm gonna go get something to eat, whatever. Like, I'm in a nice big air conditioned room. Like, I'm not like too terribly, you know, put off by it. But 
like thirty dollars. Like imagine if you took that thirty dollars for the gamble on Mulan. Like I'd be so fucking mad. I would be pissed if I bought Mulan. Oh, yeah, to, to be fair, I only did it because you assured me that I would not hate it, and you were absolutely correct. <laughs> uh, if there were something else, I'd maybe not have. If I was like, so "This is shit," like, don't do like ah. Uh... But okay, so so compared to to the movie experience that we have here in Birmingham, you know, we right. we always sneak off to the movie on Sunday mornings so we can miss all the church crowd. Uh, but you have to drive across town because there's no theater in Center Point. There's no theater in Birmingham proper at all. You have to go over the mountain. You have to go one of the affluent white suburbs to find the movie theater. And then, I mean, you're spending between the two of us. We're spending you know forty dollars on tickets and fifty bucks on food and stuff, just to sit in a gross room that isn't comfortable and watch a movie that may or may not be good on a system that's not great. Or I can sit at home where I have a very nice TV, a very nice sound system. I have my pets who can hang out with me. I can smoke weed. I can eat whatever the fuck I want. I don't ever want to go back to a theater. The only part of the theater part that I'm missing is the the social part. I, I like going and seeing people and seeing a movie with people. And that, you know, that, that joy of walking out of a really good movie where you're still talking about it with your friends. And you go out and it's somehow still daylight. And that means you still have the rest of the day to go. Like... Those feelings you can't get from a home theater environment. Right. But, but the media itself doesn't change any. Maybe better. Like, you see how <laughs> my wife and I take a long time to watch movies. It takes us about four hours to watch a two-hour movie. Uh, so, you know. That's true. It's actually nice for us to be able to stop and run to the bathroom and not miss something. Or stop and deal with the dogs or, you know, whatever. Being able to go back and rewatch stuff helps us understand things. We miss stuff occasionally. The, the movie experience is only made better by not going out of my fucking house right now. And that's the problem for, for you know, the, the production companies and for theaters both. Right now, there is not much that could get me out of the house to go see a movie. It's the only way I'll get the special popcorn buckets. <laughs> Those are the kinds of things that would actually work. <laughs> Ellen and I were talking about this the other day uh, in reference to baseball tickets because baseball is, is a money-making machine, obviously, but there's a, a fight over ticket sales. That's why we have blackout rules to prevent people from being able to watch sh- or watch games that are happening in their city if this you know, game didn't sell out all of their allotment of tickets, things like that. And Yeah. Oh, yeah. TV blackouts are the dumbest thing in sports. Oh, my God. We should have a, a whole baseball podcast separate because I could talk for hours about stuff like this. But, yeah, if you don't sell all of the tickets to your game, this is in the NFL in some cases, too. It's blacked out locally, so you can't watch the game. And me personally, I never get to watch the teams I want to watch anyway because I'm not in the Ohio market, so I never get to see the Reds. I can't pay MLB TV to just let me watch the Reds. I can't go and watch it on you know, broadcast or anything. It's just not there. Uh, and if they made that available to me and just put commercials in it, I'd watch the hell out of it. If they let me pay for a game at a time, I'd watch the hell out of it. Uh, the thing that I mentioned to Elder, I think would actually work for a lot of smaller markets especially, is stop charging ticket prices for Monday to Thursday games. Nobody can afford to go see those games anyway. If you just let people walk in for free and let them pay all that money on fucking hot dogs and beer, you'd make as much money and have more people filling your stadium. Uh, Similar things are going to have to happen for the movie industry. I just don't see how it happens because the take is split so dramatically. Right. It'd be, di- it'd be different it. if uh, it'd be different if um, again we were talking about the uh, monopolies last time. 
is is the more and more um, companies get bought up and we have these giant media companies, the more power they have to force the split. Like already Disney's like, you can't have Star Wars unless we get a 90% cut. Right. And it's like, well, if your theater doesn't have Star Wars and your theater is not drawing in people and like, then it's like, is it worth it? It's just, it's just, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a conundrum for theaters overall, like on how you get people back in the seats. And then also how do you not get absolutely wrecked by theaters, uh, a movie companies like absolutely taking every bit of profit. Cause oh, then all that you have to turn around and do then is you have to turn around and make concessions even more expensive because you're not making money off the movie itself. And it's like, which incentivizes people not to want to go. Again, people don't want to go. At home. Yeah. Right. It, it just becomes a recursive issue. Yeah. Like I said, they have to change the entire paradigm, and I don't know how you do that. Well, um, I thought that was funny when HBO was trying to do that. Like, we're going to release a movie a week, both in theaters and at home. And it's like, now they're being sold to Discovery. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, you, you made a call... And then, like, not even through the whole year that you promised you were going to do this, you're being sold off. Like, AT&T is like, you're out of here. I don't need any of this shit. Like, it's a loss. I'm out. We want to focus on just being a telecom giant. It's like, yeah. well, there it is. Like, that's a... That, that, that's a really harsh reality of how that works. And uh, part of me is kind of like... Is this the fault of the Snyder Cut? <laughs> like, is this, is this you throwing that, Maybe. That, that, that money away? Maybe genuine conversation to be had there. Like all these, um, all these hit pieces on WB. Like, oh, why Warner Brothers wouldn't work with me on this or that? They wouldn't want me to make my two Justice League movies. They didn't want me. It's like there's a lot of WB slander happening around here. <laughs> like, then they get yeah. sold off, and I'm wondering if that was a. A deliberate attempt to like lower the price of WB's acquisition. Acquisition. I don't know. I was like, mm. could be. Like, where's my tinfoil hat? Like, where, I need to start making some predictions. Um. Overall, I think that uh, I want to see where some of these movies are going. If they're going to be actually creative, like I, I liked this movie. Like, let let's have it. But let's actually throw real chairs, please. Can we? Can we? Not and let's have... actually put real gay people in. Like, god damn it! We how many first gay but characters? This was, but this was. But this was. I don't think Corolla was hyped up the same way as the other fucking movies. It was. Movies. He was explicitly supposed to be gay. Explicitly. I'm gonna have to. And he's I, not explicitly gay. I'm gonna have to like look that up because like I know that that was a huge push in Beauty and the Beast. That was huge in like uh, Pixar's Outward. Like that was such a like. They were like, "Oh my god, gotta hype it the fuck up!" Like, and I don't, I don't remember this being as hyped up in the same way. Uh, you just don't. Rem- I guess uh, I- Gorilla Star John McCrea opens up about playing gay in Disney film for Pride magazine about a week and a half ago. Uh, yeah, but that's an interview. It's not really the same thing as like, guys, look at LeFou. Wee! Like, I'm doing media for it. How is it any less that? He's not doing media for free. Wouldn't you? GOP politician, gay character in Cruella ruined my childhood. 
That's actually pretty great. That's actually. Wait, say that again. GOP politician says gay character in Cruella ruined my childhood. It's not even a character what? from the childhood era. What the <laughs> fuck? It's a new character. Here's the exact quote. The new Disney Cruella with Emma Stone just ruined my childhood with an openly flamboyant gay in the movie. Disney persists wow. shoving the LGBT agenda down our throat. And then apparently uh, John Stamos replied uh, to that person saying, if that ruined your childhood, I hope you didn't watch Full House. Three single men living under one roof raising kids in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, in fact, say that. <laughs> that's that's actually amazing. Although yeah, I mean, Aunt Becky did yeah, show up. Aunt Becky did eventually show up, but yeah, that that was about, you know, men, men raising kids. Three men and a baby. Oh, totally okay. how many straight. how many kids were in that? You had like one, two, five kids in that house. That's a pretty full house. That's a full <laughs> fucking house there. Don't get paid enough for this shit. I, I, that was, <laughs> and on that note, I think that we're going to wrap it up for this week. We had a pretty great uh, time with Cruella, and I'm hoping to see more. Uh, Please go watch it. It's really good. Definitely recommend. Definitely recommend. 100% watch the movie. Like, I don't, I don't even know. There's no amount of out-of-context clips that, like, do it justice. Like, it's just an overall such a solid movie. But... <laughs> Uh, and so again, uh, do all the social media stuff. Give us a like, follow uh, on you know Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube. Subscribe. You know, you know the things. You know you can find the us everywhere. The links are everywhere. The links are you know down below. You can, you can hit us up. Uh, let us know if you thought we were you know off the mark, uh, correct or not. I've been told that uh, uh, a lot of our uh, uh, stuff is. About seventy percent off the mark a lot of the time, and I'm like, that's a pretty big percentage. And I'm like, I'll take that. Seventy percent. I'll take that. I'll take that. Right. Well, was this because of uh, Mortal Kombat? I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if it was from Mortal Kombat. I but, imagine it's because we generally like things. I hate the, a lot the, of things. The cool thing now is to hate everything, and like, hate most of what I watch. If I hated what I watch, I'd probably stop watching it. Yeah, you know what. Screw you guys! I like Mortal Kombat. I'm gonna change it from a from a six to a seven. There you go. <laughs> like hot take. Like, you know what I hated, guys? I hated the. You want to you want to hate me for an opinion? Hate me for hating the boy. I hate it. And I <laughs> love you guys it. Guys can cancel me for that. All right. Well, Invincible <laughs> is so much better. Again, I... <laughs> I'm kidding, man. This is Mort, and of course, fought down below in the corner. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> See you again next week. Um, bye.